Hello and welcome to the NCAA Tournament uh, edition of the Providence Journal Pick and Pop Podcast. Uh, this is Kevin McNamara of the Journal. I'm here in uh, Dayton, Ohio, getting ready for Providence's first four game against the Southern California Trojans on Wednesday night. And in the magic of technology, I have my man Bill Koch back in Snowbound, Rhode Island. Uh, uh, Bill, uh, this is Alexander Graham Bell. Uh, are you there? I am here. I am here. Uh, you know, in parts of Rhode Island, at least the part that I'm in, they aren't so snowbound. Uh, this storm is, is what you might call a little bit of a dud. Well, I guess it's glad. It's good news that the governor uh, shut the state offices and the courts and everything else down because, hey, what's better than a holiday in March? As we know, in Rhode Island, if you can find any sort of reason to have any holiday, people will take it. <laughs> well, I... There's no holidays for us this time of, this time of day. Uh, I know that you'll be uh, traveling tomorrow all the way to Sacramento. Bill, have you ever been to California? Uh, Southern California. Been to San Diego a couple times. Uh, been to Santa Monica. Beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Uh, but never know Cal. Um, you know, so looking forward to, to a little bit of a new experience and, and looking forward to going to the NCAA tournament in person because, Kevin, as you know, you've been to a lot of these things. Uh, it's one of the best sporting events that you can cover, really. Yeah, and uh, you've hit a home run uh, with the regional. Uh, before we get into the Friars and into the Rams games, um, I understand UCLA is still out there. Who, who else uh, is uh, in the Sacramento region? UCLA will be there. Oregon will be there. Um, you know, And that's really all you need to know because pro scouts will be there in droves to watch UCLA's Lonzo Ball, Oregon's Dylan Brooks, and Creighton's Justin Pat. No question. Uh, a lot of talent out there in Sacramento. Um, so, uh, Bill, we're going to start with the Friars, who uh, are in the NCAA tournament for a fourth year in a row. Uh, major surprise. It's actually what I'm writing about for the journal uh, tomorrow for game day, Wednesday morning. And uh, Ed Cooley talked about it a little bit at their press conferences this afternoon, and he said, you know, quite frankly, uh, I am surprised. And, you know, I don't expect players uh, to ever say that because their goal is, goals are always high, and no one says at the start of the season, uh, you know, we're not going to make the NCAA tournament. So I give them credit for, for sticking their chests chest out and saying that was always our goal. But in, in honesty, the Friars certainly overachieved. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm a little surprised they're in this first four game, but it's a challenge um, that I think the, the team will be up for. It's, it's a very difficult first-round game against Southern Cal, but um, and then an unbelievably difficult turnaround to go play Southern Methodist. Uh, the winner will play SMU on Friday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it's a difficult card that the Friars have been uh, dealt, Bill. No, there's no question about that. Uh, you know, First, let's focus on the accomplishment. Uh, four straight NCAAs for the first time in program history. Uh, you know, for a team that was picked ninth in its own conference, that was four and eight at one point with six games to go. Uh, you know, nobody thought at that point that this team was going to do what it has done. Uh, you know, just a phenomenal coaching job by Ed Cooley. Uh, I've said it all year. It's probably the best coaching job that he's done in six years at Providence. Uh, team with no seniors to get them back to this point. The way he's gotten them to, to gel, uh, you know, the way he's found a, a true leader in Kyron Cartwright, the way that he's emerged out there uh, as this team's point guard, um, you know, just just a fantastic run by Providence, even to get to this point, whether it's in the first four, 
whether they're able to beat Southern Cal for the second straight years in the, uh, in the NCAA. Uh, just incredibly impressed by what Providence has done. And, and, you know, if this is supposed to be a bridge year, and this is the new floor for this program, if you will, then, then we're about to see something at Providence that we've never seen before. Yeah, you, you know, uh, un, uh, maybe unfairly, I think the next step in the program is to do something in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, a win last year in a last-second layup by Rodney Bullock was a great first step. And then the Friars ran into a number one seed, uh, North Carolina. Uh, obviously not positioned to make a run this year, but stranger things have happened. You know, um, VCU from the A-10 went from the first four to the final four. Uh, again, I'm not predicting anything to that degree, but um, that is the next step. Uh, you know, making the NCAA tournament has you know become old hat in a, in a you know unbelievable way. But um, you know, doing some damage is really the next step. And um, just a little bit on Southern Cal here. It's interesting. Obviously, I you know I saw this game last year, and to see the Trojans today uh, at the uh, workout and press conferences. They look familiar. You know, it's a different team, but but the, the leading guys are back. Uh, junior Jordan McLaughlin has had a very good year. He's a point guard from California. He's been the team's leading scorer two years in a row now. Uh, Benny Boatwright is a 6'10 sophomore uh, who was a very good player last year as a freshman uh, in the Pac-10. and He missed a lot of games, uh, 18 games with a knee injury, but he's returned and, and played well for the last five weeks. And then there's probably the best pro prospect on the team is, is Chemezi Mitu, a 6'11 sophomore who was the most improved player in the Pac-12, which, which tells you something. Uh, that's the crux of their team, two 6'10 guys and a very good point guard. Um, it was interesting. I ran into Austin Crozier today, uh, uh, the former friar who is still in California, so he's seen USC several times. Uh, he likes their talent offensively. He says they're very good, very explosive uh, but he also likes, obviously, he's seen Providence a lot. He likes Providence's defense. So it's it's a matchup of a team that wants to go up and down. And, uh, you know, we know what Providence is. They've, they've allowed 66 points a game. They've had the second-best defense in the in the Big East behind Villanova all season. Uh, USC has a, a national top 50 offense. Uh, they don't turn it over very much. Uh, they're top 20 in the country in turnover rate. And they have some pretty good wins on their resume. Uh, you know, in the non-conference, they beat SMU. Uh, in conference play, they beat UCLA, um, you know, who, who I think you know, who was probably the best team in the Pac-12. I know they didn't win the championship, uh, you know, but I, I'm really impressed by their talent. Uh, you know, they've sort of gone in streaks here. Uh, you know, they started 14-0, and uh, lost four of their next six, then won five in a row, then lost four in a row. Um, you know, so this team is, is one of those teams that I, I sense that they run on confidence. Uh, and, and they probably should because they're young. They don't really have uh, many seniors in their rotation. Um, you know, they don't figure to play any tomorrow night. Uh, you know, so I think the start that Providence gets off to in this game will be really important, um, you know, because you, you've really got two young teams playing against each other, and, and young teams feed off confidence and, and like to play from ahead. It, it's going to be very difficult to get into that neutral court environment with so much on the line and, and try to go down 8 to 10 points early and come back. Well, it's a good point, Bill, because um, uh, it's interesting that you've been out to Dayton Arena before, and you have to wonder what the crowd will be like because there's not going to be a lot of Providence fans here, uh, and there's certainly not going to be a lot of USC Trojan fans here. My guess is if you add them all up, 
you'd have less than a thousand people in a 13,000 seat building. However, uh, rabid, rabid college basketball area, uh, one of the best in the country, and sure enough, the first four, both tonight and tomorrow night, is sold out. Um, it was interesting, some of the um, Providence fans who, who came out to uh, on this trip and also were at the PC's game against Dayton in Columbus a couple years ago, went to the first four that year and saw Dayton beat Long Beach. Uh, I think it was um, Boise State, I think it was. Boise State, yeah. yep. And, um, you know, they said, wow, one of the best environments they've ever been in. I, I'm like, guys, fellas, this is a different ball game. You saw Dayton play a home game in the NCAA tournament. I, I would hope that would be a great environment. Uh, tomorrow night's different. I mean, uh, you know, can you even guess what what type of environment it's going to be like? Because I'm not really sure. No, no, I couldn't say. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I've been out to a couple of URI Dayton games, uh, you know, and, and some of the best fans in all college basketball, they set an attendance record this year. Uh, they're just phenomenal. And the team that they watch, uh, you know, if we can take anything away from a style that they see all the time, the team that they watch more closely mirrors Providence than it does USC. You know, they're sort of grinding, half court. Uh, you know, they execute at times on offense, but very lunch pail, very blue collar. Um, you know, Coach, who is also very lunch pail, very blue collar, Archie Miller and, and Ed Cooley. Uh, we know Ed is, is great friends, great friends with uh, Sean Miller, Archie's big brother, the, the, uh, the Arizona coach. Um, you know, so something in common there. Uh, maybe that's, you know, something that if the local papers pick up on that relationship, they, they might be able to give Providence a little help. Um, you know, but. Are they going to respond to sort of the lunch tail grinder guys, or are they going to respond to the team that likes to get out and run and score and has the high-level West Coast Pac-12 athletes? I, I, I'm interested to see which side sort of captures the imagination of the fan base out there. I agree. It'll be very interesting. And I think you also made an excellent point on the, on the start. Uh, these neutral court games with an uneven atmosphere, oftentimes if you come out and lay an egg offensively in the first you know, certainly the first uh, timeout, if not the first two timeouts in the first eight minutes of a game, you can just get buried. And, you know, that's a situation that Providence needs to avoid. Uh, I think they're really focused on executing offensively uh, at a much higher rate than they did, obviously, in the um, Creighton game at the Big East Tournament when they had 22 turnovers. As Emmett Holt said, he said, we've done a lot of drills just focusing on catching. <laughs> and um, that sounds like a good start because uh, any any rash of turnovers, uh, this is an SC team that wants to run, wants to get out, has good finishers, very very good athleticism at a higher rate than Providence. Uh, you know, runouts would be would be a devastating way to go in an NCAA tournament game. You know, I, I think maybe if you want to spin that into a positive, maybe Providence was due for a bunker. Uh, you know, they've won six straight and, and played pretty well in most of those games. Uh, you know, played very well offensively at St. John's, scoring 86 points. Um, you know, so maybe they sort of got that one out of the way. Maybe that was the game on a big stage where, you know, for the first time you, you really felt like you missed Chris Dunn and, and Ben Bentel. Uh, you know, as you know, you get deeper into these tournaments and some of these games are won by pros. You know, the team uh, in question in a tight game with two minutes to go will look to their pro guy and say, all right, here's the ball, you go do it. Um, Providence doesn't have one of those guys. They, they've done this more, you know, sort of as a collective, uh, you know, and maybe uh, at Madison Square Garden they might have learned a lesson that, that they can 
carry forward here in the matchup with U.S. Uh, the um, Friars, uh, again, will play the second game on uh, Wednesday night. It'll be on True TV, so we will spell out the channels for True TV in the journal tomorrow. I couldn't tell you what they are on, on local cable. I, I want to say that on Cox, uh, it's channel 57 in low depth or channel 1057 in high depth. And I think on Verizon Fios, it might be channel 683. Well, they got 24 hours to figure it out, Bill, you know. Uh, my, my guess is uh, Friar fans will track it down, and it'll be a late night, uh, but they're used to it. Uh, PC's played the late game. It seems as if it's been every year they've been in the NCAA tournament the last four years in a row. Uh, this is actually a little earlier. Last year's game uh, got off at about 9.45, and uh, two years ago, uh, super late game uh, as well, so... Uh, Again, get the coffee going and uh, enjoy some NCAA tournament basketball in the first four tomorrow night uh, from Dayton. Um, at the same time that the Friars are playing, the Rams should be uh, just getting settled out in Sacramento and getting ready for a Creighton team that, needless to say, I've seen a lot. I just saw them uh, beat Providence last week. And, you know, Bill, I, I told you before the podcast, I, I think the Rams got a really good draw here um, as an 11 seed. Uh, first of all, number one, they avoided the um, they avoided the first four by winning the Atlantic Ten championship, and uh, you know they're going out to play a six seed. That you know, if I had to rate the six seeds, I'd probably say Creighton might be might be the weakest of the three. Uh, they, they certainly have good players. They're a very good offensive team. I think uh, the roadie will see the best big man they've seen all year in Justin Patton, um, a six eleven you know NBA prospect guy. Uh, and Marcus Forster is going to be a real problem uh, at the scoring guard spot. Kyrie Thomas is playing well at the other wing spot. But, uh, you know, we've just seen what the Rams can do. And if the Rams, uh, I think the key for them is if they're making three-point shots, uh, they can beat anybody who they play. And uh, certainly uh, coming off the best stretch of the season at the Atlantic 10 tournament. Yeah, uh, a great accomplishment for URI to win their second A-10 championship in program history. A three-game stretch where they trailed for 43 seconds uh, out there in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they jumped on St. Bonaventure, Davidson, and then held on against VCU in a, what was really an NCAA-caliber game. Uh, you know, you watched it courtside, uh, and you found yourself thinking, you know, I wouldn't have minded playing in the URI-Davidson game, but I wasn't going anywhere near URI-VCU. Uh, you know, that was a bunch of men out there playing really, really hard, really physical basketball. And it's the type of game that would get you ready to, to go into the games where you're playing for your season. Now, uh, now, now Bill, I Bill, I got to interrupt there. I would like to see you in the post with Mo Ali Cox. Uh, when Mo Ali Cox and Hassan Martin were banging into each other right in front of me, the, the seat that I had was uh, free throw line extended down there, one of the baskets. I, I was, you could feel the bodies hitting together and, and the energy coming off them. It was ridiculous. That, that's about. It's about 480 pounds of men, uh, you know, and not much of it is anything but muscle, uh, you know, just whacking into each other on the post there. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with it, Kevin, uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, you keep your distance and uh, uh, and hope the guards can and get it done. And uh, Rhode Island's guards, and especially E.C. Matthews, uh, they were the difference of the game. And uh, right now, again, if Rhode Island shoots the ball well from the outside, we know they're going to defend, we know they're going to play hard, uh, we know they're going to be a factor in every game they play, but if they can score at the at the clip that they've been scoring at, 
again, I, I just see them as a very dangerous group, and they, they play a Creighton team that would much rather run up and down and, and really not grind it out in the half court. And then if they win, you know, they play an Oregon team that has a major hole in its lineup. Uh, I thought Oregon was a potential Final Four team. Uh, however, they, they've lost Chris Boucher, a, a three-point shooting, shot-blocking 6'11 guy, uh, kind of a freak, freak athlete that the NBA liked a lot, to an ACL injury. And the Ducks still have an awful lot of talent, including All-American Dylan Brooks. But, you know, it, it's awful tough to change what you look like and how you play a week before the NCAA tournament. No, out of the 11 seeds, they definitely got the best draw. Um, now, whether or not they can do something with it, we'll see. There, there's a difference between the mentality that they brought into Pittsburgh, where you know they were going there to win. They were going there to take it out of the selection committee's hands uh, and put themselves into the field, and that's exactly what they did. And now they're going to hear for three or four days about how they're the Cinderella, the experts are picking them to make a Sweet 16 run, they're picking them to upset Creighton. They're picking them to upset Oregon. They see Creighton and Oregon as two wounded teams, uh, you know, missing, um, you know, two elite players in Maurice Watson and Chris Boucher. Uh, and I'll be intrigued to see how Dan Hurley has his guys prepared, um, you know, because it is it is a very different build-up for this NCAA tournament than it was for the A-10. They were almost, uh, you know, they closed ranks after they lost to Florida. That, that was the low point of their season. They really closed ranks and adopted, it was sort of a New England Patriots mentality. Nobody, nobody believes in us. Nobody respects us anymore. Uh, you know, let's go out and prove that we are the team that, that people thought we were. Um, you know, and, and I'm interested to see if they can still play that card, uh, you know, after what they did uh, in those three games in Pittsburgh. No, and obviously a different level of competition. Uh, not that VCU is chopped liver. Uh, I, I expect them to... Uh, certainly make an NCAA mark as well, but Creighton and um, certainly Oregon uh, is a different level. Uh, you know, all season long we've been waiting to see what Rhode Island can do against a team that has great balance in its front court and, and back court. Uh, haven't really faced a lot of teams like that, uh, if you really think about it. Uh, even, you know, Providence isn't like that. Uh, Cincinnati, to some degree, although they don't have dominant big man by uh, big men by any stretch. Uh, they're more just, you know, filled with big-time athletes, you know, very physical, uh, defensive, strong team. Um, you know, th- this is probably a-, a team unlike they've seen this year, Bill. Yeah, it, it could very well be. I, I think, you know, if, if I'm Rhode Island, I just want to play well, and-, and we'll see what the other team does, because when this team plays well, they are pretty good. Uh, and like you said, when they're making shots, the last two games in the A-10 tournament, they were 20 for 40 from three. Uh, you know, 12 for 20 against Davidson and, and 8 for 20 against VCU. Uh, I think the big X factor, though, Kevin, and you hit on it earlier, was E.C. Matthews. Uh, yeah. You know, since since that dunk against Davidson at home on senior night in the overtime, uh, you know, a 73-70 win where he scored the last eight points of the game, since that dunk, he looks like a different player. Uh, you know, he's 15 months out now from the ACL surgery on his right knee. And, you know, athletes talk about that mental barrier that you have to break through after a surgery like that. You know, your, your doctors and your trainers will tell you you're fine physically, you're 100%, you're back to where you were before. Uh, but it's difficult mentally to, to sort of adjust from that. And, you know, we could see times early in the season where he would go to the basket and be tentative, you know, maybe try a Euro step, maybe try a floater. Uh, and in that Davidson game, in that moment, 
he took it to the rim and reacted. Uh, you know, and we've seen in those three games in Pittsburgh just a, a confident, uh, you know, high level NBA type player that, that uh, Dan Hurley touted him to be going into his junior year. Um, you know, just has a different look on his face, a different look in his actions. Uh, you know, he scored 58 points in the tournament on 31 shots. That's a, a very different efficiency than Matthews usually plays with. And he looks like the type of guy that, that teams need, you know, these, these double-digit teams need to carry them to a second weekend of an NCAA tournament. Uh, getting into uh, the, the game exactly, I, I'll be curious to see. Obviously, the, the biggest matchup really is uh, t- uh, two great matchups of guards. Uh, Marcus Foster uh, was an all-league uh, Big East player, uh, pro body, about six foot three and 215 pounds, really, really a rock. Looks like a football player. My guess is he'll get EC. And then inside, uh, Justin Patton and Hassan Martin. I think it's mandatory that Hassan somehow find a way to play 30 minutes in a game like this. And, uh, you know, he's always in foul trouble, especially early in the first half. That really needs to be avoided in this game. I think Dan Hurley did a great job in Pittsburgh by playing Cyril Langevin at the exact, you know, optimum minutes and getting production, consistent production, out of the rebounding freshman. Uh, I'd be surprised if we don't see both of those players playing together if foul trouble stays away from Hassan because uh, size and rebounding is going to be a factor. No, no question about it. Uh, you know, when you look at Langevin, uh in the Asian Championship game, played 24 minutes and had been bored. Uh, you know, a lot of those minutes came when Martin and Karan Iverson were in foul trouble. Uh, you know, Martin only played 26 minutes, Iverson only 19 Uh if you had told me that they were only going to play 43 minutes in that game and Rhode Island was still going to beat BCU, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, but that's exactly what happened. You had Langevin play major minutes. You had Stanford Robinson contribute. Um, you, know, you had Nicola Kelly give you a little bit off the bench. Um, it, it just looked like it, it looked like the team that Dan Hurley promised at the start of the year, a team that had a little bit of depth, that had a few answers in different spots. Uh, you know, you saw Jeff Dalton play well again. Uh, Jarvis Garrett gave him a little help off the bench. It, it was just, it was contributions by all nine guys in the rotation, and, and that's what it's going to take. If, if you want to beat elite teams like Creighton and Oregon, that's the sort of thing that it's going to take to get it done. Okay, it's prediction time, Bill. We're going to start uh, with the Friars uh, on Wednesday night, and um, I'm going to let you go first. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kevin. It's so gracious of you, uh, you know, to, to put me out here uh, on, on Front Street. That's how I. That's how I am. I'm a gentleman. I, <laughs> and an outstanding one at that. I, I would say, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, Providence USC. It, it is such a contrast in style. Uh, you know, USC's offensive might and, and athletes against Providence. Uh, I just think that Providence's experience from last year, winning a game. Um, you know, was was a big hurdle for them to get over. Uh, you know, and it, and it was a couple guys who are still on this team who were big factors in that game. Obviously, Rodney Bullock had the winning layup. Uh, you know, and I, I just I believe in leadership. A guy like Ty, a guy like Tyron Cartwright has shown here over the second half of the season. I feel like Providence can get this one. Um, you know, it's neutral court. It, it's a good environment for them uh, because they can lock up and, and play defense and. 
you know, usually the high-flying offensive teams, they feed off some energy on the crowd and they like to go on runs. Uh, and I think Providence can dictate the tempo a little better than USC will be able to. Uh, and, and I feel like Providence has a chance to win this one and, and advance and play SMU in Tulsa. I'm with you. I'm going to agree. Uh, we've talked all season about maybe the, the dominant trait of the Friars. Is it just their culture? And the culture of the program right now is to play down and dirty defense, kind of overcome you know, the odds, be the team that uh, might be a little overwhelmed at times, but kind of hangs in there. And Ed Cooley kind of singled out a couple of guys today. If Kyron Cartwright and Rodney Bullock play well at the same time, they, they basically won every game that they've played. Now, that hasn't happened often enough uh, for the Friars this year, but uh, my guess is uh, Bullock came off really a horrendous outing against Creighton, uh, and Kyron Cartwright uh, was just out of, out of touch. He, he, had, uh, he had just lost his grandmother, had traveled back and forth to California, uh, really didn't have his legs under him in the, in the Creighton game, and I, I know that he'll be really be ready to play Southern Cal, a school that uh, did not recruit him uh, coming out of college. And I, and I think uh, he'd be happy to register a second straight win. I expect a very tight game, uh, very similar to last season, come down in the last two minutes. Um, and then, Bill, I'm going to transfer you back. And uh, how about a pick uh, for the Rams? And uh, if you can uh, remind everyone, I believe they pay about 4.30 on Friday. Uh, Iona and Oregon play the first game at 2 o'clock in, in Sacramento. Uh, you figure about 30 minutes between games. If, if you put the first game at about two hours, two hours and ten minutes, you're looking at 4.30, 4.45, somewhere along those lines on TBS. Um, you know, I, I'm i going to go with Rhode Island in this game. Uh, you know, I, I feel like this is the team that, that we expected, uh, the, the preseason top 25 team. I don't think they're done yet. I, I think this is the moment that they've waited for. Uh, you know, guys like E.C. Matthews and Hassan Martin, when they came here, when they were recruited to a 7-24 and team, uh, you know, this is the moment that, that they were promised by Dan Hurley that they would have a chance to experience. And the way that they've played, you know, over the last eight games, beating BCU twice, uh, you know, once on a neutral floor where they were, you know, badly outnumbered in the seats by Havoc Nation, about 7-1. to And I look at Clayton, and, and I just think, you know, without Maurice Watson, when he went down, they were 18-1. and they were 20-3 and three at one point, and since then, their wins have been against DePaul, Georgetown, St. John's, Providence, and a very diminished Xavier, and I just don't see much there that, that gives me a lot of faith that Creighton will go out and get this done. Uh, you know, I think Rhode Island is peaking at the right time, and I think they carry that over for at least one more game in Sacramento. I, I'm with you. I, I think uh, the Rams come in uh, mentally absolutely perfect. And I think this is a team that's been challenged mentally all season, in all honesty, uh, kind of blending the young and the old, uh, putting, playing really the last six weeks with an awful lot of pressure for, for a college team to have on its shoulders. Uh, all season long, Dan Hurley has kind of trumped, you know, that we have lofty goals and, you know, the championship goals. Uh, that's been the mantra all season long, and, you know, they weren't at that level for the majority of the season. Uh, and then when they really needed to, with their backs to, to the wall, they responded. And um, give them all the credit in the world to do that. And now I, I think if they can take that you know, kind of mental focus and carry it in, they can certainly uh, beat Creighton. Um, I think their toughness and their rebounding is, is going to be able to dictate the tempo in Rhode Island's favor. 
Um, the guy to watch is is Foster. He's he could be the best player in the game. Uh, he could also explode. Uh, Rhode Island really needs to be able to do a big time job on them. There's nobody like Foster in the Atlantic Ten. Uh, for example, I thought they did a great job on Jack Gibbs. Uh, Foster's much better than Jack Gibbs. He might not be the three-point shooter, but he takes the ball to the basket like a pro. Uh, really physical, strong guard. Patton is an interesting case. I think Patton can be pushed around. Uh, and, you know, Rhode Island with Hassan and Langevin and Karan Iverson, uh, they have the guys who, who need to get after it. And I think if those three guys can more than hold their own, uh, I, I just I'd have a hard time believing that Patton is going to be the one to dominate this game and and win it for the Blue Jays. So that's what I have, uh, Bill. Got to get back to work here. Um, get ready for uh, tomorrow's uh, Providence game. Uh, we're going to cheat and wait until the first round, which, as you know, is maybe the best four days in sports, and then we'll go and look at our Final Four and National Championship picks. So. Bill, travel safe. Uh, try to watch as many games. I will say that that's one of the negatives of covering the NCAA tournament is you miss a lot of games. But uh, I, I trust that you'll be able to squeeze quite a few in uh, on Thursday somehow. I will, uh, I'll find a spot in the media room. I would imagine they're going to have a couple TVs in there, and, and I'll have one eye on my work and one eye on the games. Uh, you know, we, we do promise, though, we're going to do our predictions uh, probably next week. We do promise that we are filling out brackets in advance of the tournament, and that if we have upsets and we have mistakes on there, we will publicly shame ourselves on the next podcast. At least I promise to do that, Kevin. I'm going to include you in that, whether you like it or not. Uh, That's fine. I have not filled out a bracket. I've obviously listened to too much uh, prediction stuff, but uh, all I know is that uh, one of the the first, uh, first four game tonight, which is just in a couple hours, those teams will not be going to the final four. The 16 seats, you're not going to be that bold and say that that's going to happen this year? I'm going out on a limb. That's, that's, impressive. that's nope. impressive. But I will have to pick, uh, well, i tell you what, why don't we get started with just tonight's game, which is uh, Wake Forest and Kansas State, just so, just so we don't forget to, to get that one in the back pocket. I'm, I'm going to take, take uh, John Collins and the Demon Deacons. John Collins is a bad, bad man. For those of you who haven't seen him, uh, you know, legitimate double-double guy up front. Uh, you know, not the type of guy who you want to mess with. I, I think I think he has the ability to dominate that matchup, for sure. Great. All right, Bill, travel safe, and uh, everyone uh, will be back with another podcast next week.